Hello, hello, hello. This is Carib Carter. Welcome to Mike Cobb's Offshore Investment Report. Today, we are going to talk about where Mike is, okay? Not just in Portugal, but specifically the Azores, why he's there and why you might want to add the Azores to your offshore investment portfolio. Mike, come in from Portugal. Hey, Carter. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. You know, it really, I keep thinking, I'm going to interview Mike in Portugal. Incredible picture. It's like the miracle of modern technology. It really right? is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so here, so I'm actually not in the Azores right now, but I am in Portugal. Uh, right. This is this is uh, my good friend, uh, colleague, Dan Wilhelm's apartment. So I'm just going to give you a tour of his apartment here real quick. But then out the window to uh, Greater Lisbon. So I'm actually in Lisbon. Uh, Lisbon. You know, it's a beautiful place, palm trees, beautiful, beautiful day today. So, yeah. But I just got back from the Azores. I was in the Azores. So Fantastic. that's where we're at. Well, I yeah. am... You know, because I knew we were going to talk about the Azores. I think now let me let me put it in perspective. You and Joel and folks, I know you all love Joel's program, uh, Global Wealth Fortress Report every Thursday. You and Joel are a, at least considering or have made final plans. What's the story on a uh, residential resort community in the a on the Azores Islands, folks? They are the Azores Islands. Yeah. Hey Carter, listen, I know you've got some uh, some ha some uh, handouts for us. Oh yeah. Uh, I, you know, I had trouble putting the Azores in my brain geographically uh, before I went there. So help, help us out here, Carter. Okay, here we go, folks. There, that little red dot is the Azores. It is 930 miles west of Lisbon, where you are now, Mike, right? Yep, yep. And 2,100 miles from east of the United States. See, there's the United States. So there it is. Here they are. Whoa. Yep. Whoa. <laughs> They tried to escape. Nine <laughs> uh -huh. islands, nine islands covering yes. about uh, 400 square miles, right? Yep. And let me show a better picture of them. There oh, we yeah, go. there you go. Nice. Yeah. There we go. And Okay, and that one, the one on the lower right, San Miguel, is where we're working. Uh, that's... Uh, it, it's the main, I would say there's St. George and, and, and uh, you know, San George, San Jorge and San Miguel. Those are the two main islands that people visit. Right. Uh, San Miguel has the main airport in Punto Delgado. There it uh, is. There you go. Yep. Punto Delgado. You can see the town on the south side of the island. And if you go across just pretty much at the end of the word Delgado, straight up, you see uh, Rubiata Grande. That is pretty close to where we're working. It's the it's the city next to it, and we are we're probably somewhere where the D and Grande is. That's the town of of Maya, and that's where we're going to be working. All right. Yeah. All right. Here is San Miguel. Huh. yeah. Right. right. Does yep. that look familiar to you? It it sure does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved it. I just loved it. But let me assure people, folks, this is the most, and Mike, Mike, you are the one who's been there obviously a lot now. Yeah. That picture is not, I don't, I would say is not typical of these nine islands. They are the most idyllic islands. Uh, it, look. There you go. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is the hydrangeas. I can't see if those are hydrangeas, I think, in the picture there. But anyway, the 
the hydrangeas are incredible. They line the roads. I mean, you drive down these, these, you know, call it country roads with cattle pastures on both sides and ancient stone walls that are 500 years old. It's a lot like, look, somebody described it as Ireland only a lot warmer. I thought that was a pretty good, I thought that was a pretty good description. It's green. It's very, I mean, the hydrangeas, the flowers, it, it's, it's truly spectacularly beautiful, green and lush. Uh, and then uh, they are volcanic islands. And so I think the last eruption on San Miguel was maybe about 500 years ago. In fact, I know the exact date, 1563, Carter, because in 1563, the, the last big volcanic eruption, there's hot springs. By the way, there are hot springs and, and they, there's uh, several hot springs. There's some that are kind of on the island, in the island. I'm sorry, I have pillows on my lap and I keep every time I get excited and start talking, the, <laughs> the screen shakes. But anyway, um, uh, but there's hot springs in and around the island. But there's also one place where there's a hot spring right at the edge of the ocean. And so you got these hot, hot waters that come out in the ocean. And so if you're close to the edge, like it's scalding hot, and if you're out in the ocean, it's cold. So you can kind of position yourself where, you know, where, where the temperature is just right for you. Uh, they also have these meals that they cook underground in these uh, Yellowstone kind of areas, right? Where there's just, you know, the, the, the bubbling mud pots and stuff like that, but they'll dig a hole in the hot part of the ground. And then they put this giant pot of food down in it and they cook it for, I don't know, eight or 10 hours. And then at night they pull it out and they serve it in some of these restaurants. Uh, it's a spectacular meal because it's, you know, it's eight or 10 hours of all these flavors melting. It's not really a stew, but they've got potatoes and meat and vegetables and everything in it, but they don't, it's not like in a broth or anything. And then they put it on your plate. Oh my gosh. Right. I, it, yeah. 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 It's phenomenal. It's, so, And it is just, it is just a, everything I read about it in, in preparation, you said it's just a totally laid back lifestyle. It's just, I think there were 250,000 so. people over the entire nine islands. Yeah. So, and I think about half of them live in San Miguel. So that's right. yeah, about 120,000, exactly right. I think on the island. Yeah. You're um, exactly right. Oh, yeah. But I know what I was going to tell you. So this, this uh, volcano erupted in 1563 and the lava came down the mountain, wiped out a town called uh, Riava Seca, dry river, uh, Riviera, Riviera Seca, dry river. And uh, the only thing that was left was a little bit of the church and the statue of St. Peter survived this, this lava inundation. And so they started a celebration to St. Peter every year, and they they do a, a walk and a horse uh, event. And the horse event's a cavajado. And so I was invited by the mayor of uh, Rubiar Grande to ride in his cavajada this year. Uh, so I'm headed back over in June, at the end of June, and I will be decked out in all the, you know, whatever, 1,500, 1,600 type of regalia uh, riding a horse in their horse parade, so I'm very, very excited about Wait that. Minute. You are you are going to be decked out and riding the horse. Yes, that is correct. That is correct. And 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 so if we come back and revisit this topic sometime in July, uh, we'll have some pictures, maybe even a little bit of video or something. I don't know. We'll we'll put it up for folks to to take a look at. Yes, but the mayor invited me to ride in his in his big horse parade. So what you do is you go and you listen to a mass out in front of the church that survived the uh, the inundation by the lava. Then you circle the church seven times. Then you ride, I don't know, four or five miles to, to the uh, town hall. 
uh, and then the mayor gives a presentation and the, and the king of the parade, uh, who I got to meet him and his family when I was in the Azores this week and, and met them to start to arrange my costume. Uh, in fact, Dan, he doesn't even know this yet. Dan has to get me uh, a hat and ship it to the Azores so they can decorate it. Um, anyway, I mean, so this is, this is fun, Carter. This is, this is really I can, cool. I cannot wait. And I think I speak for our viewers. We cannot wait to see you in full regalia on horseback. <laughs> exactly. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm excited. That is fantastic. That is wonderful. Yeah. Now, and you don't have to worry about traffic, right? Because uh, according to my understanding, there is very little automotive traffic on these nine islands. Oh, oh I've never been in a traffic jam. But, you know, the roads, here's the thing. No, no, I mean, you're right. You think 250,000 people, I mean, you think, oh, there's probably, you know, right? Here's the thing. I mean, right, there, there's really no traffic jams. But because, by the way, so I had a rental car. So when I'm over there, I get a rental car. And I filled it up with gas before I took it back, of course. And and it was a dollar or a euro 65 or something. I was like a euro 60 something per liter, right? So whatever, what's that? Three, six, six, seven bucks a gallon. Yeah, whatever. So it's something like that. Seven, seven, whatever. Anyway, but a buck sixty something, a, a euro sixty seven something for a liter. Here on the mainland, it's around two to ten. Right. And, and and they subsidize everything on the island. They subsidize the price of fuel. That's a 20% subsidy, right? Um, they subsidize food because they want people to live there. And so the cost of living on the Azores is actually less than the cost of living anywhere else in Portugal, anywhere yeah. else in Portugal, by a factor of about 20%. And Portugal, rural Portugal, not Lisbon or Caixcaix or the Algarve where things are already expensive, rural Portugal is already inexpensive. And now you put on top of that 20% less because the government subsidizes everything. I mean, it is unbelievably inexpensive uh, uh, to live in the in the Azores. Yeah. The, the price breakdowns I saw, first of all, let's say the taxes, the value added tax is 5% less. Right. So correct. you get a tax break to begin with. And yep. the and correct me if I'm wrong, but the figures I saw, it looked like it's about a third less to live there than let's say in the United States. Sounds about right. Yeah. Right. Sounds about right. But yeah, but you know, but because they subsidize everything, I'm telling you, the roads. They are they are awesome roads. I mean, they're well maintained. They're they're zero potholes, zero potholes, uh, well maintained. Um, and then the thing that I really like is you're driving a European car that's been geared to drive, which I really love. So anyway, so yeah, so I mean, if you can drive a stick, you got to be able to drive a stick. So um, right. I, there are some automatics here too. But but if you can drive a stick, I'll tell you what, third gear in a stick in Europe is like the gear and, and I'll, it was fun. And the guy we're buying this villa from is German. He and his wife are German. So I was following him from his, from the villa down to have dinner with he and his wife uh, last week or earlier this week, I guess. Uh, well, I guess it was last week. Today's, I don't know what day it is anymore. Anyway, a few, a few days ago when I was. Yeah. Eight, okay. Was a, a few days, days ago. ago. Good. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, and I realized that like I'd been following them on these windy, curvy, up, down roads. I mean, it's, it's mountainous, right? It's mountainous by the ocean. The ocean's on one side. There's mountain on the other and a beautiful lushness. I mean, it's just gorgeous drives, right? And I realized after about five minutes, he hits his brakes. And I realized that's the first time he's hit his brakes the whole time. So he's been driving like a German gearing, just driving on the oh. gears. Anyway, yeah, it was it was fun to follow yeah. him because he, he, he's a great driver. I, you know, I'm old enough that I learned to drive on a stick shift 
Yeah. And I still miss a stick shift. And as you know, I have a, a classic Thunderbird sports car. Yes, but you there's do. there's a problem. It's an automatic shift. All and right. the whole time you're driving, you're thinking to yourself, this is not a sports car. <laughs> not, not as an automatic. Not it, as is an, it is a beautiful car, Carter. It is yeah. a beautiful car. Yeah. Beautiful so car. let's talk about the the community that you're developing. How would you find it? Why would you find it? What does it look like? Where is it? What's it going to be? Yeah. Uh, if it's a, I, and folks, we're talking about a new Mike Cobb community, which means top of the line in the Azores. So let's talk about that, Mike. Yeah, sure. So, well, actually, it was Joel Nagel, who uh, has his own program on here. He found it oh, yeah. before COVID. Uh, he, he's, he was here with his family and whatever. He looked at some real estate, saw it, met the owners, uh, and, and, and started to have conversations about doing something. And then COVID hit and just shut everything down for whatever, 18 months, two years. So last summer, I came over for my first visit, looked at the villa, met the owners. We started to put the deal together. The, the villa itself was started in 1697 as a, uh, as a Catholic uh, 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 church. And then the, uh, I guess it's the rectory. I think that's what they call it. The, I don't know, the manse or whatever, where the priest lives, right? The, the yeah. church, the chapel, and then where the priest yeah. lives. And then over the years, it grew and expanded. At one point, uh, early in its history in the 1700s, uh, the king of Portugal granted four people the island of San Miguel, and they chopped it up into four pieces. One, you know, kind of like sliced it up and down, right, coast to coast. Uh, and the owner of the villa was the captain who got one quarter of the island. And so, uh, obviously, very, very, you know, wealthy individual. Uh, he expanded this this uh, chapel and, and rectory into a beautiful villa. It was finally completed in 1850. Uh, and by the 1970s, uh, had really fallen into disrepair. And in uh, so 27 years ago would be the mid 90s. Uh, this German couple purchased it, did a massive renovation uh, uh, and turned it into a bed and breakfast and have continued okay. to renovate it and update it. They, they put in a brand new heating system, brand new electrical system uh, over the years. And uh, it's a wonderful bed and breakfast. It does very, very well. But but now they're getting into their, you know, their 60s and they want to do something else, right? And so uh, they're selling that. So, so the villa will continue to operate as a bed and breakfast. And right beside the villa is a piece of property that's just under two acres uh, that we at ECI are going to develop about 20 to 23 uh, addresses on. Uh, and, and again, it's going to be very historical. It's going to look a, a look. A, it's going to look like it was. It's been there for 150 years when we get done. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. And you say that's on two acres. Uh, just under. Yeah. Uh -huh. Just under two acres. Right. And, and it's right uh, at the edge of town. So the, so this little town of Maya grew up around the villa. The villa sits up on a hill. Um, there are some ocean views uh, from the villa. We don't know if there'll be ocean views from what we're building or not. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but uh, but we'll try, of course. I mean, anyway, but but literally you're I don't know, a mile from the ocean. Uh, and, and the little town of Maya, uh, it's a charming little town, uh, three, four restaurants. It's small. There's probably a thousand people, a uh, small supermarket, uh, uh, Ribiata Grande, which is the, 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 the bigger town. It's, I don't know, 10, 12, 15, 15 minutes by car. Uh, if you're following the German, it's 10 minutes. If <laughs> it's anyway, uh, but yeah, it's, it's 15 minute drive. And then you've got, you know, supermarkets and I don't know, 20 restaurants and, just, you know, everything. I mean, shops. I mean, it, it, it's it's a town of maybe 30 or 40,000 people. So and that's 15 minutes away. 
in this. And so how many homes did you say you're going to have? How, 20 to 23. We'll have to we'll have to see how it lays out. 20 to 23. And they're yeah. going to have the same look as the um, as as the 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 not as the villa. It's interesting, not, Carter. We, we applied. We, we sent in our pre-feasibility to have the, the zoning uh, right. uh, work uh, on it. And we're working with an architect from uh, Ribiata Grande who, who knows the property. And um, and she submitted and they rejected the notion that we would build it, that that it would be in the same color, the same design scheme as the villa. They said, look, that's a that's a historical property. We don't want anything else uh, imitating it. And so, OK, oh, fine. OK. But what we're going to build is something very, very complimentary that, again, looks like it was built in the you know, 1800s. Right. It was built. So the villa finished in 1850. And so what we're kind of thinking, what we're going to say is, well, we're going to start building in 1850, maybe through 1870, build something that would have been built sort of in the mid, it's not last century, now the mid two centuries ago, mid 1800s. Century, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's one, yeah. there's one thing we know, you know, with, with your track record at Grand Pacifica, Grand Bayman, the other, the, you know, communities that you and Joel have built, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to have all the amenities. What would you say? Let me ask you a question, right? This may be right off the wall. Here is what I call the Mike Cobb curve, the Mike Cobb yep. investment curve, okay? Which is a, a brilliant piece. And everybody, the other day I was talking to someone who deals in investments and he was saying, that's, as a matter of fact, I was interviewing a guy in in, coast, in uh, Costa Rica for Coffee with Carob Carter, which by the way, folks, is on every Monday at noon. <laughs> you got to get that in, Carter. You got you always get that in. I'm <laughs> so, so he was he was looking at it and saying, "That is excellent." He said, "I live in Costa Rica," and he nailed it as to where the best investment opportunities are. Okay, mm -hmm. so folks, the Mike Cobb investment curve. I mean, that's why this gentleman is the offshore oracle. Where would you put where would you put this property on your curve at this point, Mike? Hmm. Probably somewhere between Belize and Argentina, if I had to put it on that curve, I think a, a more, I don't know, I'm not sure what the right word, a more relevant curve, I guess is maybe the right way to say it, right. would be to put your European countries as opposed to Central American countries and try to Very put it great. on a curve with others. But I would say it's somewhere between Argentina and Belize. I, I, people know about it. Um, yeah. But it's yeah. not super pop. It's not super popular, but but it's not unpopular either, right? It's just it's just not known so well. Like on the but if if we had to do the same thing with Europe, by the way, right? right. Um, and we based it on 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 popularity, not desirability, right? Because again, those are two very different things. But if we based it on popularity, it would be at the bottom and at the bottom of the curve. These are undiscovered, truly, truly, from a tourism perspective. From a U.S. tourism perspective, uh, almost virtually undiscovered. Uh, they get German tourists, tourists. They get uh, 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 Brits, um, but they don't get very many Americans. In fact, the only real Americans there's there's uh, one one flight every other day from Boston. Uh, from it's about Boston. a four. Sure, so wheels up to wheels down is just under four hours. So it's a very convenient flight. They say it's yeah. four and a half hours, but you know, truly wheels up, wheels down, just under four hours. Uh, so every other day they do Boston and then the flip day, they do it out of Toronto. So they're bringing people out of Toronto and Boston kind of daily, you know, back and forth uh, because Boston, you ready for this? Boston or around Boston is the single largest uh, 
uh, Portuguese population outside of Portugal. Um, yeah, so uh, really? it's kind of interesting. Yeah, the Azores especially. Uh, and then uh, United is opening up out of Newark uh, in May next month. So, so that'll be good. So, so again, and, and they were doing it. In fact, Delta, I believe was flying J, uh, JFK, uh, pre COVID. So COVID kind of screwed things up, but, um, but you know, the, the thing about, there's a beautiful public golf course. I don't golf, but I went and walked it. I mean, I can understand the beautiful golf course when I see it. And, and, uh, 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 so we walked the golf course. And if you think about Bermuda, Right. People, people from New York and Connecticut and Boston and New Jersey, they fly to Bermuda in the wintertime to, to play golf. Of right. Because it's yeah. sweater weather. It's, you know, it's 50s and 60s. Well, the Azores is 50s and 60s all winter long. Right. And and uh, and, and 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 instead of paying, you know, six hundred dollars a night to, to, to stay in Bermuda and three hundred dollars around. I mean, you can go to the Azores and you can spend you know, 150 bucks a night and, and $50 a round to play golf. And so this is going to be a place where we think a lot of North Americans are going to want to come out in the wintertime for that, you know, sweater weather, golfing uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, event. And then there's also the ability for people to come and, and, and surf. Uh, they've got some of the best surfing on the North Coast of the Azores of San Miguel, actually. Uh, it's a phenomenal surf destination. And in fact, the mayor, uh, uh, in fact, one of the reasons he invited me was we were talking about what kind of tourists we were going to bring in the surfers. And, and that really moved the conversation from this very specific oh, p property development kind of, you know, technical stuff to the bigger picture of how do we get more Americans to the islands? And well, we yeah. said, well, look, yeah. surfers are right surfers and because yep. we work in Nicaragua with with surfers and 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 people always think oh surfers they're you know they're 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 beach bums they want to spend 10 bucks a night on a hammock some do right but i'll tell you what there are so many surfers who are doctors lawyers accountants uh live in california live doesn't matter where they live and what they really crave is an empty wave and and That's and there it. aren't many of those in California. There's zero in California, right? But in the Azores, I mean, I was just there. I mean, I just walked down to the beach. I took a friend of ours from Brazil there, and uh, nobody nobody surfing, and and just incredible waves. So uh, again, the, the, yeah, the, the, there are just so many ways to really bring an American tourist uh, over there that is, that's going to be tremendous for their economy, uh, and and they're excited about it, and we're, we're excited to be a part of it with them. Okay, what is the two two final questions? One is, if you, if somebody said to you, "Well, Mike, how about what do you think of it as an investment opportunity buying one of the the homes you're going to build there?" And the other question, the final question then is, "What's the timetable?" First, what what would you say? You're the offshore investment oracle. What would you say to our viewers here if they said, "What do you think of it as an investment, uh, Mike?" Oh, well, let me, let me say this. There's two two reasons people would want to invest. One is what I would call pure investment. The other would be for the golden visa. Uh, with an investment of, of 350,000 euros, so about $400,000, you qualify for permanent residency in Portugal. And that permanent residency, depending if you live in Portugal for certain periods of time, actually then qualifies you to obtain a citizenship. And so for people who are looking for an EU citizenship or, or an EU residency, permanent residency, uh, this is this is a tremendous program. So for those folks, it is a great investment because okay. it leads to this 
this level of, 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 of residency and or citizenship. Uh, but as a straight investment, I think it'll be a, a great play. Uh, again, we're, we're talking about an island that's that's 24, you said a third, but you know, at least 20% less expensive than, than mainland Portugal right. um, because of the subsidies. And then the, uh, uh, you know, and then the, uh, uh, the, you know, just because Portugal is already inexpensive. So yeah, I think it, I, I think it'll do very well. And I think as we, you know, we continue to bring in the European tourists in the traditional summer months, but then work a strong U S uh, golf surfing, uh, and then families. I mean, a lot of families who are Fantastic. Azorian uh, want to come back. So I think, yeah, I think a tremendous investment for for a couple reasons. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yep. And timing. Final. Real quick on timing. timing. Uh, we will have product. We will have product for sale. Fall of twenty three. So eighteen months from now. Eighteen months from now. So a little every year. Right. Yep. Great. Yep. All right. Well, this has been fantastic, folks. There you go. Right there. Look, that is easy access. 2,100 yeah. miles, you're going to get there quicker than going to California. And who in the hell wants to go to California anymore? So this is a great, it's a great deal in a beautiful country, wonderful climate, wonderful people, and a great lifestyle. So thank you, Mike. This has Thanks, been Carter. Nice I'm glad you. you're there. I'm on, an airplane. I'm on an airplane home tomorrow. So anyway, we'll be good. All Thanks, right. man. And thank you for joining us today, folks. There you have it. That's an, a great investment opportunity from the Offshore Investment Oracle. Um, and, and and just a great place to live, too. Look, I mean, that's that's pretty nice living. That's pretty nice, idyllic pastoral living. So as I'll tell you all the time, we bring you these opportunities. Nobody brings them to you better than Mike. There's nothing like a Mike Cobb community. Great investment, great place to live, as we say at the end of every show. Let's do this thing. <laughs>